0: Session with the Third.
1: I'm Shannon Strucci.
0: And I'm Jack Allison, and today we are talking about the horror movie of the summer. Um, everybody's uh, talking about it. The hot takes are just starting to come in. <laughs> I feel like we have not reached the peak. Um, takes right. Yeah, I'm not necessarily
2: annoyed by what anyone is saying about it yet. So that is uh, that's an interesting place to be right now.
0: Yeah, but we're like at the ground floor of the discourse. I feel (laughs) feel like we're going to do some really interesting stuff on the show. Of course, I'm talking about... Ari Aster's follow up to Hereditary, um, fantastic film um, that we talked about on the show with Shannon um, back before she was officially a part of the Struggle Session um, Universe Network, <laughs> Galaxy, <laughs> Extended Universe, Extended. the EU. Yeah, well, I, 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 can, so, I can go with that. This Struggle Session EU. Um, <laughs> but we're talking today about um, the follow up to that, which is Midsummer. Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very excited. Like, I've, I've had, you know, I've gone through several phases on this film. I think, Jack, you said <laughs> to me that you yeah. kind of had the same, uh, feeling. Um, like when I first, you know, saw it advertised, I was sold immediately. Same guy who did Hereditary i uh-huh. um, doing, you know, a cult horror film. Uh, folk horror is now the term that we um, have to use if you do horror in the um, woods. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> basically,
0: we'll talk a little bit more about folk horror and, and we'll get some of Shannon's uh, picks for, you know, some of the best in the genre. But we'll talk about that later. But, you know, when I first saw this trailer, I was just like, so like I kind of knew what was going to happen, but I wanted to see Ari Aster do this thing that I've already seen right. before. That was kind of my first impression. Uh, Shannon, what were your first thoughts when you uh, heard about this, saw this trailer?
1: I never saw the trailer. Cause I knew I was going to see the movie oh, and I, I yeah. get obsessive about wow. scenes being spoiled, especially in films like this. So I just like, didn't watch it. And someone tried to link it. Like, what'd you think of the trailer? I was like, I'm not watching it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I was excited though. I, I only knew a little bit about it going in, but like you're talking about, I love Ari Aster, I loved hereditary. And so I was just like, I know I'm going to see it. Immediately, I saw it the day it came out, which I never do anymore. So
2: I saw the trailer. Uh, uh, I, you know, I thought Hereditary is great, and I like Ari Aster. Uh, uh, and I saw the trailer, and I, I thought it looked uh, good. I was excited for it. This is, you know, it's the rare occasion where I was very excited about a movie coming out.
0: Yeah, it feels so rare to be like, you know, be so completely on board with a film. Knowing so little about it these days, it's like feel when you look at the like flood, like just look at what's in the theater now. It's like tour story 8, <laughs> um, like a right. dog's life three, like all this like <laughs> bullshit. And then you have actual film, uh, come out that you kind of feel like it's a known quantity. It's a subject matter you like. It's a direct you like. You're mm-hmm. ready for it. I was so excited for it, but I got to admit. When I first walked out the theater, I was pretty disappointed on the whole in this film. I felt like I had almost everything in the film I had seen before in other films of similar nature and genre. I didn't really think that it pushed anything forward unlike hereditary which i thought immediately it's one of the greatest horror films of all time my initial reaction to midsummer is not my reaction now was that it didn't really like i had more thoughts coming out of annabelle 3 than i did um, (laughs) (laughs) midsummer initially initially that's changed over the past week so i just want what were your first gut reactions uh upon seeing it uh, I would say I more or less agree. Like, when I first walked
2: out of the movie, I liked a lot of the movie. Uh, I thought that I'm, you know, I was like... But I, I kind of felt... A little like unsatisfied by the ending, and I kind of felt, you know, that kind. Similarly to you, Leslie, that like, you know, what happened in the movie was about what you expected to happen, and there weren't any like big, like, real surprises or anything. And I was like, it kind of didn't like Zag at all. But I will agree with you, Leslie, that similarly in the like uh, uh, past couple days that it's like sat with me, I've thought about Midsummer a lot, and I like like it more than yeah. uh, than when I first walked out of the theater.
1: Um, I think I, I think I feel the same way uh, and it changed my perspective a lot not long after we saw it my friend I saw it with sent me this interview Ari Aster did where he was like yeah I basically we were working on this Swedish horror movie and I went through a terrible breakup and I wanted to make it about my breakup and uh, we knew everybody was going to get killed so that was the least interesting part of it for me and it's like why make a ritualistic like folk horror movie about killings when you don't care about the killings
2: when that's going to be really
1: standard, boring stuff. A lot of it was interesting. I love the atmosphere. I was creeped out and I've been thinking about the imagery in it a lot. Right. But the characters were really stupid and <laughs> are, are just sort of like a lot of it was kind of baffling. I really hated the Oracle character. If we want to talk about that, there was nothing about that that oh, I liked. Yeah, it was stupid. It was like offensive and not scary. It's like, you know disabled or deformed people and naked right. old people aren't scary to me i'm sorry <laughs> like right, out of context right, right. So i i think it's interesting i just have really mixed feelings yeah
2: that was ultimately kind of something i felt too walking out of it was i was like so like these people just saw like a cultural ceremony <laughs> i don't know like there was something weird to me about the fact that when they first arrived uh uh to the sort of compound there was like an adr line from the guy being like whoa this is like waco or something and then it like Turned out to be Waco, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, if you're joking about it when you arrive there, that kind of undercuts, like, the, the tension of it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, I somehow it, it, and I will agree with you too, that, you know, with the sort of like their sex ceremony and, uh, uh, and the, the disabled oracle character, these are kind of things that you're just like, well, it's like, odd to us but that is like would you know in real life just be a sort of cultural
0: thing it's not like scary well, really I, I, yeah i felt more like oh i that's one of the things i thought i had seen before the deformed or character and didn't really seem to have like a point like you could remove that wow. character uh from the movie and you can just have like a modern horror food movie that doesn't like make out deformed people to be monsters for no particular right. reason
1: it wasn't uh, even a part of like you could do a lot of interesting stuff with like the incest taboo or or there's just like a lot that could have been done there but they just put a kid in this weird fake looking makeup and put his face on the screen like the fangoria cover with it i thought was really distasteful too it's just like it's 2019 <laughs> like it's not even right. scary there's no reason to do it
0: yeah, like, and it could have been, they could have subverted it too. Maybe they could yeah. have made the character helpful, sweet, like some, somebody who like is like a good person instead. It's just like exactly kind of what you expect in this. Right. And, f- and feel like that's kind of, that's kind of what, you know, drove a lot of my ambivalence towards, you know, Midsummer on p- Pong First viewing because hereditary, it like, the, we, notice we haven't even talked to, we haven't given a spoiler warning because everything right. that happens in this film is what you expect right. to happen there's mm-hmm. no surprises in this film so you don't have to worry about being spoiled like at all when watch this with Hereditary we said you know absolutely do not listen to the show until you see uh, the movie so Hereditary had that really you know big shocking twist that just you know takes your legs out from under you and sinks you into this pit for the rest of movie and there is there's no big twist or even a big moment really like that in um in uh, midsummer it feels very a lot of it can feel very like you know perfunctory um Uh throughout uh and it it literally is in in within the story within the universe this is a perfunctory which ritual they're doing it because they're doing it they're doing the killings they don't take um do it for pleasure they do it because it's time to have uh the ritual basically
2: Right, and that (laughs) That was odd to me, you know, and even there were people in the theater that, like, laughed, Uh, and I think that there is something, too, that it's like, I don't know, there's something uh, uh, conflicting about watching that sort of played out as horror.
0: Yeah, so let's get kind of into the story, because we haven't um, really mentioned it, I think it's kind of the most controversial element of and the thing that has me thinking about it more and excited for the discourse coming up uh (laughs) this film is actually about like whether you think uh a guy named christian is a bad boyfriend or not
2: (laughs) that is what it it really is it really is and you know the, who is this guy that plays Christian? Uh, you know, what is his name again? He looks it's like, like such uh, a Chris.
0: He looks like such a Chris. Yeah,
2: he, he's like a Chris Pratt. He's like a Chris Pratt, is, you know, with big uh, eyes. Uh, impersonator guy. But I will say that, like, the indictment of the sort of shitty, pr- shitty Chris Pratt type of guy, I'm like, I, th- he did a very good job as that type of guy, and you really, really did hate him throughout
0: the movie. His name's Jack Rayner, and so, He's a grad student. He, he's not a frat boy now. People were calling him a frat boy. He's not a frat boy. He's a grad yeah. student. He's um, his friends are like his colleagues in grad work. He has a girlfriend named Danny, who he's not that into at the beginning of the film, and right. then and he's thinking about breaking up with her like right then at the beginning, and then um, Danny's sister mur- uh, kills herself and murders her parents. And that kind of puts Christian in the odd spot like Okay. And so we fa- flash forward. They still haven't broken up, but they're still together. Danny's still a mess and is really leaning on Christian. And he's kind of detached and not the best, uh being the best, most supportive boyfriend. And he's planning to go on this trip to Sweden that's like a vacation slash anthropological study that his friend, I forget the, what was the friend who is in the Ulf? Is was he the uh, character that's actually in the cult that was in the uh, grad school? Right, uh,
1: Hella, yeah, it,
0: or Pella, 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 yeah, Pella is uh, actually from this, you know, sw- uh, Swedish commune, and he um, and com- and he's like inviting all the guys to come back to him for this, you know, big fe- uh, ritual that they're. Uh, festival that they're supposed to have and christian hasn't told danny about this And she kind of just awkwardly finds out at the party that he's gonna be going away for like two weeks to sweden and he didn't tell her right and um she ends and he ends up inviting her assuming that she won't go of course she does go and that's when he gets um to sweden and the uh commune and the first thing i have to say as a black man I am mad at William Jackson Harper for even being in this movie because I wow. feel, feel like even shooting this movie, ain't no goddamn way no black person in their right frame of mind is going to go to the middle of nowhere in Sweden <laughs> with like a gr- guy, like a grad student guy. No, no. No, you just don't. You're not going out in the middle of the woods with emotional white people. That is not happening. <laughs> just the daddy situation. What the, if you have to
2: do your thesis?
0: He went about it. He was having to do a thesis. That's the only way they could justify it by making him a nerd. That's the only <laughs> way that, that they can make sense of this. I'm even mad at the actor for going out to Sweden with Ari Oster, <laughs> because there's a non-zero chance that the film itself was some sort of setup. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow and this is the you second just don't buy it he, this is the second movie he's done like this he did a film uh called they remain where he's also goes out in the forest and ends up ends up pretty fucked up for him because he's again with emotional <laughs> white people you just do not sure. go out black people will not do that okay i digress and also i want to dedicate this episode this is not a joke uh to asap rocky he is literally in solitary confinement in Sweden right now. I saw uh, that.
1: Really wow. Really
0: fucked up situation. I'm surprised it's like yeah, not the, the number one story. Like some guy was like harassing him and his crew on the street and there was a little fight and some, and like there's a video of it. Like ASAP is just like trying to get away from this guy and somehow he ends up in the solitary, uh, confinement. So shout out to, uh, Good Lord. ASAP. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Really? Jesus yeah. Black right. people don't go to Sweden. Don't go to Sweden.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird to read that interview with Ari Aster where he's kind of like, you know, every single thing that happens in the movie before you go in. And I'm going with this sort of assumption that everybody knows because... It's kind of reflected in the characters a yeah. little bit because, like, they like know they are movie characters, so they don't even like try to get out. Yeah, like, yeah, right? It's like they're these sort of postmodern horror characters that are like, like nihilist or something. they are like, well, we're in a horror movie, so we might as well just like stay and die. You yeah, let's, see, let's see
0: where this goes. Like, there is there's a, like the first violent scene where you see the it's old early very early and you see like old people get their brains bashed in and they're just like hmm this is intriguing wow this is a fascinating <laughs> i mean
2: that is part of like it when i first watched this movie i was like who the fuck are these people? they even have the like other british uh uh the like other british students there that are like freaking out and i'm like so who are our guys yeah. they're so weird <laughs> these are three very weird people
1: yeah, I was thinking, is that like an indictment of Americans that so they were just sort of like, oh, yeah, that's weird. And then the British people are cussing and screaming and trying to leave.
2: <laughs> we're like, whoa, that's fucked up. Wild. Yeah. And then
1: yeah. like peeing on the ancestral tree. <laughs> like, it was like a char- He was like a character from an 80s comedy or something. Right. From, uh, Mark.
2: I'll say uh, this. Josh. I think that Donald there's gosh. I think there's a lot of Josh ADR lines in that movie. I was getting a little bumped by the like, that's like, that's a little like uh, um, self-conscious or something like that. When directors put in a shit ton of ADR lines at the end, there were a lot of like scene ending Josh lines that were just like him buttoning with a little like, you know, recording booth joke.
0: So one other one about Josh character. Um, a lot of singing that a lot of people liked and I like too, especially people who have ever tripped or have been around people who have been tripping. Yeah. His, you know, he, they, when, as soon as they get there, they're like, they, the commune like starts feeding them drugs and gives them like right. magic shrooms. And he has this really funny and, but very accurate, accurate, uh, tripping scene that everybody is going wild over.
2: Yeah. And look, uh, I will say this, you know, I've taken mushrooms and like Ari Aster. I'll say this is one of the things where the movie really, really excels. This movie is very, very accurate for what it's like to do drugs. Like, I think that he has probably done the sort of like gold standard portrayal of uh, magic mushrooms in this movie. Uh, uh, and it starts with this scene and it kind of continues throughout the uh, uh, the sort of accurate version of hallucination.
1: I love the flower crown with like the flowers that were like pulsing, like little black mm-hmm. holes, and like all the aesthetic choices with that. I think it added a lot to it.
2: Yeah. It is funny though, because in that interview you sent, uh, Shannon, it's like he was talking about how they were making this movie up to like the week before it released or something like that. They're doing and the sound all, mix. Guess, it's like, ooh,
1: <laughs> that's not good. I
2: know. I'm like, whoa, you guys are. Li-. And i and he's even talked about how I think they locked down how the uh, uh, the hallucination effect looked like just a month before the movie release. And I'm like, well, you guys landed on the right one, but good lord, fucking how movies
0: are made now is just wild. We, you know, we get to the commune and the community. It, it's kind of based on like Swedish folklore. Like they live out in the woods. They do. They live kind of traditionally. They're kind of like I don't. I don't know. Like, like what's comparable to them? It's like you don't usually see, uh, except outside of folk horror, you don't usually see white people as anything but the most modern the most advanced the most everything like but they're a very you know rustic culture they don't have like technology they're just kind of like hanging out like chopping down trees and making tea and shit and it was kind of interesting to see like that you know uh, that presentation of it and everybody and like have our grad student characters just kind of stare and gawk at them like you see (laughs) like usually like non-white people stared at and go at in these uh, right. types of movies um and but i what the key like element of like what their you know this community philosophy is is that they are a community everybody shares everything and not just like literal like sharing rooms, sharing beds, sharing food they share their feelings and their emotions and their Passions and their sorrows and their joy, joys and even their life, right. their life. Um, when the two old people like jump off the rock and kill themselves, it's seen as a, is a part of the cycle of life. They're giving their life so that new children can be born and join uh, the community. So everything about them is about the collective. Um, and so as a you know, social as a leftist you know, it's kind of hard to look at this film and not see it as kind of a critique of <laughs> what we would hope the world would be like, a world based on not just the individual but the health of the uh, collective, and this is of course taken to extreme, and it's kind of like it's kind of like a, I don't really feel like Ari Aster was trying to make like an anti-socialist film, I just think Folk horror by its nature as being like a reaction like a a dark lens on hippie culture kind of naturally <laughs> gravitates towards these anti-socialist anti-communist themes.
1: I think also it's sort of both in extremes of like the individualist mindset with her boyfriend. And mm. him just treating everyone terribly and not being there for her emotionally. So she's more susceptible to this like communal experience, even though it's a, the, the opposite extreme. Cause she's so alienated. She's went through something so terrible and he wasn't going to tell her he was going to Sweden. She's like in an awful situation. Um, right. So like all these women who are like there for her, like physically and like grieving with her. Uh, it's sort of, it's very weird. Like, I don't know how to feel about it.
0: It's uh, so I have a take on Christian. That I think, you know, is gonna be a little bit controversial possibly. But the only thing Christian did wrong was not breaking up with her in that first scene.
2: That is the what the only should've. thing he did wrong. Okay, interesting. He should so, have wh- broken th- up
0: what? with her earlier. Because obvious because a lot of people say he's very, you know, mean to he's not very not mean, but like not good to her. He's not a good boyfriend. Distant, he's, yeah. He's not supportive, he's not distant. The reason he feels like that is because he is also in an unhappy relationship. He doesn't want to be with her. And we know that. And he's trying to do the right thing, which is the wrong thing, which is stay with her, even though she because of, you know, tragedy that she just experienced. But he feels trapped, too. And that makes it even more impossible for him to, like, be support her and open up for her because, like, her tragedy also becomes, like, his minor tragedy. (laughs) Like, he's he feels trapped now. And like and so like he's not good to her, but like he like, like they shouldn't be together, you know, and that's and I think, you know, Danny should have realized maybe before the Sweden trip, maybe after he didn't tell her about the Sweden trip, that he's really not that into her and into this relationship. And she maybe should have. You know, taking a step other than hopping on the airplane to Sweden. She be, might have been like, look, this guy, this is not working out. He's not really there for me. I'm clinging on to like this cold, dead stone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fake ass, uh, Chris Pratt. Like I should let this go as well. So I, I don't like just, you know, give her a pass on this right. either because she, <clears throat> she should be able to recognize the signs too that this is a relationship that's not working that's not going where yes it was shit of him not to tell her about the sweden trip but that was also like him being like a, a cry from is that was like a cry for help from him because he was but trying. I,
2: I I would almost say though. I mean, it's an interesting point, but I would almost say that's because the characters for the rest of the movie almost don't ever make decisions again. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really like the only thing you can really be mad at him after that point is him like you know stealing the thesis. I guess, and then Which he like, is a dick uh, about that. He, he is, is a, a dick, dick about that, it. and that part is funny. Uh, I like also when when they're like when the other guy disappears and he's like we don't fucking know that guy like we we never <laughs> met him before <laughs> a, he,
1: yeah he is a little bit of a dick
0: but the thesis scaling was again another attempt for him to get out of the relationship because he was just going to stay there right he wasn't going to head right. back he was that was him right being a chicken shit well. But-
2: I mean, you know, an interesting element of it again, Shannon, in that in that interview you sent is that Ari Aster is like I was writing this thing about you know uh, uh, like uh, a cult in Sweden, and then I made it about a boyfriend because I went through a really bad breakup, <laughs> yeah. and so it's like this weird self indictment. This movie is really about like he learned about all these, uh, uh, you know. Uh, um, yeah, traditions and everything like that. He wanted to make a bright horror movie, but then he also wanted to kill himself like <laughs> viciously and reveal himself. Like he wanted to like be like, I hate myself so much, like for these reasons. <laughs>
0: yeah, and so you know, you get the relationship drama. And then you get some of the killings, but like the cult is very good at like explaining away, like, oh right. yeah, we just bashed those old people that, but they wanted it. It's it's fine actually. That's and, why but, they right. look
1: so serious and upset all morning. <laughs> yeah, because they were really <laughs> into it.
0: God, um, I just I just can't like from that point. You like as you said, Jack. Like the characters it, are just kind of. Ridiculous. Well, you
2: almost like wonder a little, and I mean, it, it's more, it's way, it's very explicit toward the end, but they're so passive and kind of without agency that you even wonder earlier in the movie, like, are they like drugged <laughs> yeah. for this entire movie? They're, they all act so weird.
0: Yeah. Well, by the end, they are like, uh, they are the literally drugged, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, but we get more uh, killings. Then we get, you know, then we do kind of like, there's one space in this film, like, after initial violence where it's like, 30 minutes that is actually like quite dull it felt like 30 minutes and it was really dull it was like the drama about who's gonna do like the research paper like like <laughs> after the murders <laughs> have already started,
2: it is a funny order it's a funny order that it's like we've just seen people's heads bashed in and then he's like dude i think i'm gonna do my paper about here <laughs>
0: And it's never really, ex- like, one problem is, like, I guess we're just supposed to assume, but it's never really explained to us, like, what is so fascinating or interesting about this culture to these particular, um, students. Like, we just know that they study but I, I guess, I guess if you're more into academia, this might seem more self-evident, but to me, I was like, or like, why are you studying this? What is the purpose of this? What, is the like what is your thesis going to be about like i'm just gonna watch like some people farm for six months like is that what you're uh, going to do or or what like it's never really explained like where this passion for this particular uh thing uh come from comes from because we don't really we really don't get a sense of the the not christian guys josh and uh william jackson harper's character aside from the fact that they're kind of dicks that's kind of the only thing we know about them
2: yeah
1: And then Pella is just attracted to the main character and part of the cult. That's all his character is. Yeah, that's all
2: we know about Pella. This is the way he courts, basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He does (laughs) a weird drawing of her (laughs) (laughs) and then helps kill her boyfriend. That's how he.
0: Yeah, and like, so a lot of people, like, Pella is like the quintessential nice guy (laughs) who is secretly like a (laughs) mass murderer. He's, wow. he's just so nice he's like i'm sorry danny that christian just doesn't understand you knowing this <laughs> right. whole time that he's setting up all these people uh to be killed like i wonder what would have happened Danny right. to Danny if she didn't get may queen and actually i wonder what happens to Danny after because i don't see any other may queens walking around during the uh, film <laughs> so i don't know if it things really panned out for her all that well after yeah. the credits roll so Okay.
2: Here here's a question that that some I I saw the movie with a couple of people and uh, uh this was raised. Well, first of all, there's the sort of obvious thing that what is his name? Pella? Pella? Yes.
0: Mhm.
2: Pella. There's a kind of obvious thing that he keeps talking about how his parents both died in a fire yes. and then there's like the thing at the end where like two people get chosen and die in a fire. Someone after the movie that I saw it with was like did Pella kill her parents and uh and her sister as well to get her to go on this trip or whatever uh uh which I don't know.
0: I think that's too much. I think that's I think that's too, too much cuz also cuz they do have kind of like a cold. Like they just want to like they would just invite people, right? I I think it like what would be the, right. be the point of like killing three extra people uh to bring in I don't know, maybe a a film that would have been the case.
1: Well, that's like the, the hereditary thing of it being like very fatalistic, like this was all preordained. Right. Maybe that was in an earlier version of the script, because I was thinking that, too, because the sister's messages were like, it's all dark and we're going there. I'm like, oh, this is going to pay off. And then it was just basically a very weird, like her crazy bipolar sister taped a hose to her mouth. And it's like, OK, it was sad and really upsetting. But I don't really know. I don't know, Ari Aster just wanted to kill more families and got it in in the first, like, 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> right, it was, like, a, a sort of cool music video idea <laughs> arresting imagery, and so uh, it the top of the movie. But
0: th- th- yeah. So this is one thing that kind of nagged me about that scene and also something in Hereditary is, like, did Ari Aster grow up poor because ain't no rich people that don't have, like, 15 carbon monoxide detectors in their house <laughs> or who don't care, have Uh, EpiPens like on On tap like they're always strapped with the EpiPen if they need it like That's two films of his that like Are kind of like the whole Plot centers around like a fundamental Misunderstanding of upper Middle class uh, people in America
2: Um, (laughs) Well to use The hose I guess in the uh, um, But yeah I mean I don't have I don't have them in my house
0: Oh yeah but you know we're not You know rich (laughs) we're not balling like that (laughs) All right. So then we get after, you know, this kind of weird middle section, then things start really getting, you know, bodies start dropping. Um The British people try to leave. They disappear in this really weird way um uh, the black uh william uh, William jackson harper he um sneaks into a little lodge where the cult keeps their bible which he's been told that he's not to look at not to touch and certainly not to take um pictures of he does it anyway and he gets his head bashed in by i i wasn't sure who did it uh it was kind of it would happen really fast like i couldn't tell who got him um Cause I thought it was the, or, cause the Oracle is there, but someone else who like actually gets mm-hmm. him. Right.
1: I think uh, it's ambiguous. I don't think it's really explained who, who bashed his head in.
0: Yeah. And, um, what happened when did Josh, oh, what happened to Josh? He was, you know, making eyes with, at this girl. Right. And mm-hmm. then, and, but this was after he pissed off, pissed on the tree. At, and the
1: guy was staring right. at him while they were eating. That was funny. Yeah. Like, I was just like watching him.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so that was a really funny scene. And then the girl invites him to go away for what you uh, might think is a romantic tryst, but actually, like he's being murdered uh, off screen. And right,
2: and like made into like flowers and stuff. Like they're cutting him up.
0: Yeah, they had a couple of like, like don't like. I want to talk about that because I have to say I was a little disappointed in like the body mutilation work in this film. Not that it was bad, but like I've seen better on TV. It was just
1: Hannibal stuff.
0: Yeah, I've seen Hannibal. Hannibal already did this area, like, hmm. and he did it kind of a little bit better. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think he could have been a little bit, maybe a little bit grosser, a little bit more bombastic. And also, it didn't really make sense why they were doing it because I, I don't know. I guess it was some part of the ritual. But the fact, but the thing is, like, the film does a very good job of trying to lull you into the idea that. These people aren't psychopathic killers, right? Like for most of the film, even after they kill the old people, they're like, oh, no, this is just part of our ritual. This is just part part of our community. But then they're like doing sexual sadist shit with these bodies. Like I couldn't really get the vibe of what type of killers these are supposed to be. Are these just true believers or are these just like a bunch of serial killers?
1: It's pretty it's a little all over the place. I think it I thought it was interesting they put, I think, Josh's body in like a jester hat and filled him with straw and the way his face contorted. I thought that was actually pretty creepy. Yes. Um but then some of it was just like it just it was just like stuff that had been done on Hannibal and done better.
2: Yeah. Like I, did I also British didn't get a real idea. you know, there was a there it was, it was cool in the end when they were in the house and I think the thing with the bear was very cool. I like But that. the thing with the flowers, I, I felt like it was kind of not i kind of couldn't get a real sense of what was going on with it (laughs) i thought it was like not uh uh, shot that well or something and yeah i was a little bit underwhelmed by it
0: and you know then we get to the big ending um where Danny uh, we, I, we haven't really talked about her much in the recap because I feel like she actually doesn't do that much until the very end or am I kind of misremembering anything she could, she
2: wins the dance contest is pretty much the, <laughs> yeah, the but, one like decision she makes yeah, is to, to win the dance contest yeah, she's
0: kind of just drifting around the background while the boys are like fighting or whatever or trying to get laid and then like she and like um the women in the community like kind of take her in and are nice to her learn the third act and invite her to participate in the dance contests um which she um, somehow wins um after also being on a bunch of drugs too they they get they get high for everything uh during this <laughs> um and and she's made something called the May queen there's this very long procession um where she's taking off to one place um while um her boyfriend Christian, who has been kind of he's has a spell cast on him by one of the women of right. the community, he's been told that he's been approved to mate with her and the entire his entire reaction to this is always like, what?' Huh? <laughs> like he never like he's not so i think it's important to note that he's very like passive during all this and he's literally drugged literally drugged uh, and made more passive while the may queen dance is going on and he just kind of sits there uh blankly while they prepare a room for him to go in and mate um with this uh, village uh woman who he has been against his will paired with And drugged. Um, so, and it's a pretty long, involved scene that I think, you know. This is maybe a hot take. I think we have to call it if we're being serious. It's a, you know, it's not a consensual sex scene. No, it's not. Uh, it's not consensual. Yeah. Um, it's, it, he is, you know, brought against his will. Like he's surrounded by this group of women. Uh, the actor actually talks about like he wanted it to be like full frontal nudity so he can show like how vulnerable he is right. in that moment where he's brought, um, to have, uh, to copulate with this, um, village girl. And while he's doing that, of course, um, Danny sees him in this lodge and she's like right. destroyed by this. And there's this, you know, interesting scene because during, while they're having the sex scene, there's all these, w- Elder, uh, these other women surrounding, uh, them during the uh, non-consexual, se- the rape scene. And they're moaning with the woman. They're moaning in unison. And outside while Danny's moaning in, you know, you know, terror and sadness, a bunch of women surround her and moan with her too. And it's kind of showing how the community is, shares their joy and their, uh, pain, uh, together with each other all at uh, once. And after that, um, you get the big finish. You finally figure out what's going. What that's you know, all the people who have been murdered, they're revealed. They've been put into this barn, and Danny gets to decide the last person who goes in the bo- barn. And of course, uh, she chooses a Christian because he was just raped, so he deserved to die and burn to death, apparently.
2: Which is, you know, uh, uh, it is kind of the perspective of the movie is that this is like the grand b- betrayal by Christian when you're right, Leslie, he like really doesn't make any choices <laughs> for the movie. And at this point, it's like very explicitly not his choice.
1: And he also I mean, if he has any intelligence at all, he knows people are disappearing. And if he doesn't do what they want right. him to do, they'll probably kill him. Yes. Um, And I think it's all of the. Yeah, it's almost that like weird thing in Hereditary where all of the dominoes are set up outside of people's control, because they wanted her to see that so she would choose him, it feels like, almost, so that's not explicit in the movie. And right. if he hadn't been shitty leading up to that, she probably might not have done it, but that doesn't mean he deserves to die yet. It's it's weird trying to d- figure out like what the movie thinks of him, because he didn't have to be drugged for that. He could have willingly done it, then you would be much more understanding. Not that he, someone would deserve to die for cheating, But that would make more sense. It would be a consensual, more consensual sex scene. It's very weird.
0: Yeah, I feel (laughs) like definitely the movie comes down the scene of he deserved it. Danny, you know, didn't do anything wrong. But I think I've seen a lot of people get online, a little bit, you know, jumping the gun there and saying, like, you know, this is a very feminist. Um, ending <laughs> very reminiscent of the Khaleesi controversy, who also burned a rape, <laughs> even victim. down to the name Danny. E- yeah, even down to the name Danny, even down to burning the rape victim alive. Um, is this kind of a similar thing where it's like, you know, in a certain sense, you could look at this as a revenge thing, but the b- specifics of it make it like not <laughs> very good. Well, thing. yeah. If you want
2: me, if I want to get, if I was going to get, a little sort of like psychoanalyze about it, you know, again, based on that interview we read uh, uh, with Ari Aster. It is this weird thing where he wanted to make himself into the villain, but then he also gives that character so many outs. So that <laughs> it's like, well, of course, it, he couldn't be like because of his decisions. Like he, it ha- he has to be forced to stay with her or whatever. So, like, this in some weird way is like Ari Aster wanted to be like, I'm horrible, but then like still kind of like not t- owning up for any of the like, uh, uh, for any like decision making making
0: yeah and it was and it actually did bother me even before I got to the. I want to know what Ari Aster's ex thinks of this movie <laughs> is what I actually think <laughs> but it, it did bother me how like passive christian was during that those last scenes because he does know people are disappearing no one's anywhere to be found it's really weird and so they just drug him uh, to make him really passive but then he has to uh, you know have sex so they give him like an upper so he can have sex so like he's drugged depending on like the plot point of the mood what the plot requires (laughs) which is just i feel is kind of like a lazy writing uh technique it could have worked it out a little bit you know better. Uh, ultimately.
1: I think a lot of the worst men that I've known have had that kind of passive shrugging. Well, it's just, it's not my fault. It's like that. Like when he's talking to the other guy about stealing his thesis, he doesn't say, Hey man, right. I just want to be up front and tell you, I'm sorry, but I'm taking this. He's like, well, I don't know why you're mad. And he's like that with, right. do with the birthday thing. It's like that continuation of that. So I don't think it's like being, I'm not going to say abusive because he's not abusive, but just being a shitty boyfriend and a shitty person
2: but yeah, not, shitty and passive, soft
1: boy kind of like dumb uh, way that just sort of gets more and more extreme as the stakes get higher and higher.
0: Yeah. So and I noticed that, like you know, the the father in you know Hereditary, he's extremely he, like he he is nothing but passive. Mm-hmm. Um, in that film so i i like there is you know there's a lot of people talking about the gender uh dynamics um in this film that just is kind of an interesting thing where our oster generally uh generally sees men as like uh passive and shitty um <laughs> for the most part except for Pella i guess um Pella is very um active just uh evil true <laughs>
1: Like the creepy Swedish nice guy. He, he, yeah, I mean, it could be yeah. self-indictment on Aries's part. He could see, assuming that that's like a direct stand-in for him, which it could also be people that he's seen in relationships or whatever, but it could be him because a lot of guys like that also hate that aspect of themselves, but of course they're not going to change
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> like if, I just, if I was his next
1: and I saw this, I'd be like, yeah, congratulations. Or, you know, I would just be mad probably.
0: <laughs> and so yeah, this in uh, I do want to mention the um, visuals at the end you know i didn't really think the bodies were as good as i said earlier but like that flower dress and like when it's moving i thought that was really cool that like reminded me of like kind of like a dark souls villain when because it's like (laughs) her shape becomes so (laughs) huge and massive when she's uh wearing and her movements become so strange like i really thought that was kind of cool
1: i like that too it was different. There were a lot of visuals, especially the use of color and the movement with the hallucinations. I thought it was a visual, a really, really great film visually, at least.
2: Yeah, I, I still am like Ari Aster is a great director. My, my thought on this one when I walked out of the movie now maybe after we've talked about it a lot, I've like moved back to where I was when I was first walking out of the movie a little bit more. Uh, but my thought is that like. This guy just did hereditary like last year. They 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 make these first time or these like directors that have just had one big hit like rush out another one too quickly and it always feels like the script is like not quite fully baked yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this to me feels like a La La Land. This is Ari Aster's La La Land in my <laughs> opinion.
1: I, this is a lot better movie than La La Land. <laughs> I agree. I agree.
2: But it, but La La Land in the same sense that like they were like, you know, where did La La Land come from? And he's like, oh, it's a script I wrote like in college. And they like, just let me make it. And it became La La Land or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, you have one big hit. And then they're like, what do you got lying around? Okay, just let's do it. No rewrites needed.
0: Yeah, like it, it ultimately, you know, it's a interesting movie. I didn't have a bad time watching it. But there's just something. It just feels like unne- like unnecessary uh in a lot of respects, like I just it felt perfunctory, it felt like I've seen everything in it before i, I even like you know talking about Danny where she's where like you know Danny versus Christian is this what that relationship is, and it, you know that being the central conversation that people are having after the movie, I realized that if you actually remove Danny from the film entirely. It's like 90% the same movie. Like 90% of the same stuff happens yeah. if you take her out of the film entirely. <laughs> oh, I
1: will say I think Ari Aster is great at portraying grief and nightmares like when she has the nightmare Mm -hmm. that they're leaving her and the the light is on that one guy's face as they're driving away and the smoke coming out of her mouth looks stupid but that kind of like fear and pain and her having panic attacks I liked all of that but as far as the plot and the other characters if he had spent more time on that it would have been Like, I think I was scared when I watched it. I, like, went to the bathroom in the movie theater after, and it was empty, and I was just, like, creeped out. And I was like, I didn't even like that that much, but I'm still
2: scared. (laughs) So I think it's He's a really good... I mean, I think Ari Aster's a great director, and I'm, like, looking forward to making more stuff, but I'm kind of like, well, you know, like, take a little extra time on the next one. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that is
0: very fair. All right, so let's score this. Let's give us a score, because we're doing, you know... Shannon, we got you on the show officially now. We're going to be doing movie episodes with you. And that means we have to rate them so that eventually we can build up a repertoire and we can get our ratings on to Tomatoes. So we got to give official <laughs> numeric score.
1: Oh, we got to do a number.
0: Yes, we have to do a number. <laughs> um, How many um, May Queens out of 10 do you give us? How many... Uh, hmm hallucinatory mushrooms out of 10.
2: <laughs> okay, out of 10. Okay, we're really doing the number thing. Okay. Um, well, look... Uh for me, I, I as much as we sort of like went into it here and there's a lot of flaws in this movie, this is still a movie that really has stuck with me and I think has some like very arresting visuals and some like very, very cool stuff in it. And like comparatively to like what uh, other movies I've seen recently, <laughs> yeah. like I think this will still probably be one of the best movies of the year and stuff like that. So I'm going to give it um, seven of whatever uh, uh, what the thing was that we that we said we were going to do. <laughs>
1: I think I'd also say seven. Um, uh, uh, I think movies are largely apples and oranges, but if I was grading it, I'd give hereditary a hundred out of a hundred. And this is around in the seventies, especially the Oracle thing just bought certain things. in it were just like, this was not necessary. I don't understand why you did this. This is just distracting. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I also have to give it a seven. I think we're unanimous uh, on this. Um, It's, you know, I think there's a lot of good, in it and there's a lot of stuff that's going to look better and feel better than maybe any other horror movie uh, coming out this year but the guts of it just doesn't have the guts it's kind of hollowed out um, like a bear suit unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> like the thing that uh, Christian's wearing at the end it's just you know it's a Chris in a bear suit and uh, that's what this film, film is basically <laughs> moving on though there are, you know, this this film has got a lot of people talking about folk horror instead of, thank God, elevated horror. And I haven't heard anybody <laughs> try to call this film <laughs> elevated horror. I'm so glad about that. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, folk horror out there. And Shannon, if you don't mind, why don't you uh, tell us uh, some of the good ones that people should check out?
1: Now, I haven't seen all of these uh, but I have been planning on doing a video essay on folk horror, so I will eventually. Um, but I was looking at this really good short BFI article about folk horror. And the three that it recommends are, um, of course, The Wicker Man. Yes. Uh, the original 1973 Wicker Man, which I have seen a lot of. And then uh, Witchfinder General and Blood on Satan's Craw, I think, were the like original three. Like you were talking about uh-huh. earlier... There were these British films in the 60s and 70s that were an angry response, I think, to hippie culture. Like, for real. I think that's sort of how yeah. folk horror came about. Uh, and I we were talking about, I really loved the much more recent film, Apostle. Um, it's kind of... It's it's more of, like, a, a cult action film than a scary horror film. But Dan Stevens is amazing in it. And uh, it, it's on Netflix. You can watch it. I think it's a really, really fun sort of, like... Almost in aesthetics, like Silent Hill 2 looking weird, like early 1900s. This guy has to go save his sister on Creepy Cult Island. And I would rather we re- yeah. rewatch that way before I would rewatch Midsummer, even though it's kind of dumb. That's yes. my big recommendation.
0: Yeah, there's a, actually a few, um, like cult horror ish, uh, films on, uh, Netflix, strangely. Um, even some of their originals, like, uh, The Ritual, which is, you know, more mm-hmm. like academics going out in, uh, to the Swedish wilderness, but they're, <laughs> they're just in modern times and the, it's just the evil, uh, that's ancient, um, which is, uh, pretty interesting. Um, The Witch, of course, which everybody, oh, yeah, um, which is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody talks about. I, you know, I really did yeah. enjoy um, uh, The Witch. Um, there's something that maybe doesn't count. Maybe, maybe not. It's techn- it is about a cult, but there's no, you know, there's no rustic setting. It's actually set in Los Angeles. Um, Karen, uh, some uh, The Invitation um, is...
1: Ooh, that's a good one, too. Yeah,
0: because, you know, even though it's not, you know... It's by Karen Kusama. It's not necessarily like, you know, folk horror. There's no folk here, but like, it's very, the plot is very similar um, to Midsummer, Um And some of the, and the cult is kind of like the Midsummer cult a little bit. So I would recommend if you don't really, if you get tired of, you know, seeing people in flower dresses in the woods, maybe, you know, check out that invitation when you're uh, as well with the rest of the folk horror stuff.
1: My, my first real exposure to folk horror, I think, was Hot Fuzz. Which was heavily influenced by the. Wicker oh Man. wow! I, th- I mean it's it's an action movie, but there's a, there are a lot of plot elements to that. That when I later on like saw a bunch of Wicker Man, I was like, oh, they really borrowed uh, from this. And I saw something I forget who was tweeting about it, but they're talking about the, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre as American folk Car, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting too. Like these two movies aren't. Oh, It does
2: feel things. the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's also just a really good horror movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I've, I've talked on the show before about uh, Stuart Gordon's Dagon, uh, the H.P. Lovecraft um, adaptation. Ooh. It's folk horror, horror, but by the sea, like everything's very moist. And I think most <laughs> folk horror is very dry <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. land-based, but Dagon is, you know, very wet uh, uh, overall. Um, Jen, did you see the Nick Cage Wicker Man?
1: I've seen uh, clips from it. Yes. I was actually. <laughs> Um, at this 24, mar- 24 hour movie marathon called B Fest, they do every year in Chicago, and Wicker Man was one of the movies where I was like, I'm gonna sleep through this because I'm tired. <laughs> <So laughs> I've seen a lot of it of him, like it has this weird misogynistic bent, and it's really funny him just like punching out women.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's actually it's <laughs> uh, it's so it's such a bizarre movie, but actually fairly entertaining, because like, it knows that he's a misogynist. That's the kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, he's this, you know, big, you know, tough, um, fuck... Uh, FBI agent who just kind of goes to the community run by women and just tries to swing his dick around and it does not work for him well they all just kind of spend the whole movie laughing at him it's a bizarre film I'm not saying it's a good film I'm not Mm -hmm. saying people should watch it I just think people should know it exists
1: I've seen a lot of it on YouTube and it's very entertaining
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the clips are the clips are
2: really great uh, uh from that one do you two think that uh, the village is folk horror?
0: <laughs> Ooh, I guess it's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie.
2: I know. Well, that's the twist. That's the twist of the village. <laughs> Spoiler alert: is that it's not a horror movie. I kind of almost wished that, like, this movie would kind of end like the village, and <laughs> <laughs> we would find out that it's like, oh yeah, they do this weird thing where the old people like die, but the rest of it is just like a pretty normal, <laughs> you
0: know. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, know. I, like I really stuff. did think that for a while, you know, even when the, um, the two British, uh, campers go off, I thought maybe it's just going to turn out that they actually did just leave, um, uh, individually and they aren't, you know, right, you know, being murdered right now. I thought that was a possibility because they, because that is one thing that I, I just couldn't wrap my head around, like, how sincere are these people in this cult? Because, you know, they're talking about how, you know, they're so much superior to the outside world. They don't do this. They don't do that. But they spend the whole film like lying uh, to these people that they know they're going to kill. Um mm-hmm. And it seemed like just kind of contradictory. Like, how do they justify? I never get to hear how they justify it to themselves. I get to hear what is a lie. Which is that you know we just do this um, for our community for our tradition because we all care about each other we care about the circle of life but then they bring in outsiders to like serve as you know to kill as well instead of just you know doing among their own people and they deliberately um, brought these people in for that purpose I, I was I said to my wife like if we ever go some if we're invited ever invite somewhere by a white person and then they meet another white person that they know and say oh we also brought a couple we are leaving <laughs> right then
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna happen regardless Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and it, they said that it happened every 90 years but if his parents died in it then that was a was that that didn't really make sense
0: yeah right
1: as well i was just like i was just like checking the wikipedia It's like yeah it says 90 years i don't know
0: yeah but you know ultimately i still think you know very worthwhile film uh in spite of its yeah. flaws i'm looking forward to ariaster's uh next movie i hope he takes a long time with it and gets that script do two years for the next yeah. one
2: instead <laughs> of just one year do two years before the next movie
0: absolutely yeah all right folks that was struggle session have a good one peace
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Like what you hear want to hear more check us out at patreon.com struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle for all our public episodes commercial free as well as hundreds of bonus episodes thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong